Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, Tuffy Products is with us this week. We'll be chatting it up with Jason Larson, the Western Region Sales Manager. This week in Jeep, we'll be hearing about how you can get a big discount on a new Gladiator. And there's a major recall happening in the Jeep world. Are you affected? In Wrangler Talk, we're going Steering 101. Bill breaks it down how it all works out. Chris with 7slats.com talks about the 7-slat myth. Nikki G is talking turkey, or maybe it's just his native language. We'll hear from Mitch and his ice water wet t-shirt road trip. And speaking of road trips, Tammy is back from her Transamerica Trail Adventure. We're going to hear all about her trip next week. Got a whole bunch more show coming up for this week, so stick around. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? <laughs> it's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Today's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, Wrangler Off-Road Parts and Accessory Outfitter. Stay tuned to learn more about Extreme Terrain's Jeep Seat Cover Buyer's Guide video. And this episode of the Jeep Talk Show is also sponsored in part by Black Magic Brake Products. They build big brake kits for your Jeep. BlackMagicBrakes.com sells direct bolt-in Vanco big brake kits with Black Magic Brake Pads and, check it out, new steering knuckles to boot. Find out more by visiting BlackMagicBrakes.com. That's BlackMagicBrakes. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, the show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... Oh, not forgot. Tammy's leaving this hanging. What the hell? Jeeps, Jeeps. I'm still in. You die hard, I guess. Good Lord, keeps asking if she's fired and then does this. Oh, I know, and then I fail. (laughs) And you know what's so funny? When I was listening to the show on the road... Oh, I know. <laughs> I would automatically do it. And Neil would look at me like, what the hell? I'm like, sorry, it's a habit. <laughs> hey, I'm Tony, and I'm thankful you, that you listen to us weekly. Oh, yeah, no. I just Google, no, check this out. I just Google searched Gladiator, comma, discount. Two words. That's it. And the first two <clears throat> sponsored results were one for a quote-unquote commando technical long-sleeve see-through mesh top for women from Bergdorf Goodman and a Scottish kilt, which I'm using the term very loosely here because it's the size of a bar napkin from spicy lingerie. <laughs> Who the hell has been using my computer? <laughs> what has the cat been searching? Hey, I'm Tammy and I'm back from my adventure And it's an adventure that changed me in so many ways. And I can't wait to share them with you. But, um, nope, next week. Not this week. Sex change operation next week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to say, watching watching some of your posts and your videos, uh, well, the posts anyway, uh, from uh, from the trip, I got the feeling that you and Neil were very much like Penn and Teller. You know, where Penn does all the talking and Teller, Teller yeah. says is always silent, just nods his head and shakes, you know, like, a, you know, he, just, oh, he well, never, never says anything. Neil never posted anything. Ne- as far as I know, Neil never right. spoke on the whole trip. Right. He actually <laughs> just, he rolls his eyes at me a lot. Oh, so. good. I'm glad yeah. somebody's doing it to him like you do it to me. Yeah. He, um, yeah, it's, it's like a love hate relationship. No, but we got along really, really well. It it worked out good, but um, I'm kind of annoying, I guess. 
<laughs> so Josh, are we are we gonna beat up on Amazon again this week? Yeah, it'd probably be a going and ongoing theme, I'm sure. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's this week in Jeep. And this week in Jeep is no longer being brought to you by Amazon.com. <laughs> it is, in fact, this week being brought to you by, well, Common Sense and the American Council for Properly Displayed, displayed Media Content. Remember, if you're going out shopping on Black Friday, be a decent human being and turn your oh. phone horizontal when you record any fights. And thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, there's a major recall abound on Grand Cherokees and other vehicles as well. Announced uh, just this week, FCA is recalling nearly three quarters of a million Dodge Durangos and Jeep Grand Cherokees. The recall is due to, due to faulty electrical connections that could prevent the engine from starting or completely stalling out on you at the most inopportune times. <laughs> this affects all 2011 through 2013 Dodge Durangos and Jeep Grand Cherokees, most of which are in North America, but there is over a hundred thousand of these things that are outside the u.s as well so heads up to all of our canadian and mexican listeners as well the current issue pun intended is apparently with the fuel pump relays silicon deposits can collect on the contact points disrupting the electrical current which of course would starve the engine of fuel causing it to die as serious as this problem is fca is actually still trying to figure out all of the steps required to fix this issue for good and the reason I say for good is that some of the vehicles being recall, recalled were already part of a previous recall for a very similar issue where the fuel pump relays would lose signal and the engine would shut off. Right now, the plan is to notify owners to schedule appointments with their local dealers, and the dealers will then be instructed as to what to do and when they can begin doing it. FCA said it's not aware of any crashes or injuries related to this issue, but if you own a 2011 to 2013 Grand Cherokee or Dodge Durango or know somebody who does... Hang tight for right now, and FCA will be contacting you very soon about when you can schedule your fix with the dealer. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if, if you're a Jeep owner, you're an FCA owner, a vehicle owner, and you have uh, uh, three recalls, you can get a 2% off discount on a new FCA vehicle. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't you know. Could win. Look, you could win. You know, they're not giving them out to everybody. <laughs> what are silicon deposits? I mean, is that... From the so silicon, the, the kind of stuff that um, microchips are, and, and circuit boards and stuff are made out of, and so uh, it's probably inside the relay, um, the little micro uh, ca- contacts and stuff that are in there. I mean, the relay is basically just an electromagnetically controlled switch, right. and inside of there, there are moving parts. And uh, those parts, um, I'm guessing, are breaking down or something inside of that relay is breaking down. Deposits are collecting on the contacts that are supposed to be transferring energy from one point to the other as that relay switches back and forth. Um, that's not happening in some cases. And, of course, the engine then is not, uh, or the uh, the fuel pump relay, or fuel pumps rather, are not getting the juice from the relays. They're not sending the juice into the engine, and the engine's not uh, doing what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, there's some people out there that are having some non-running uh, Grand Cherokees or Grand Cherokees that are stalling out at the very least. So, I'm going to try and get this taken care of. Right. Hopefully, this time, they've got a fix. I don't know what happened. I don't remember what the fix was exactly the last time. I tried looking it up. I, I, I got a bunch of different recall notices and stuff. So, uh, I, I don't remember what the fix was off the top of my head for that particular issue on that particular vehicle. Obviously, they're not going to be doing the same thing over again because it didn't work this last time, or at least not completely. So I think there's a different, a little bit different of a game plan that they're trying to put together uh, because doing more of the same and getting the same results, it's not going to work out so well. So 
I think they're just trying to figure out uh, how to go about this. You know, I can't help but think that some of the, uh, not me personally, of course, but some of the attendees of SEMA uh, visited some of the uh, uh, legal ladies of the night and probably have their own silicone deposits on them. I'm just saying. Okay. I forgot about all this shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) How would you like to give up that Colorado or Frontier for... Well, a discount on the Gladiator. Easily. There's no denying that the Jeep Gladiator is a booming sales success. I mean, if you turned around any which way in SEMA, you, well, ran into a Gladiator. And Jeep is all about selling them off as fast as the Toledo, Ohio (laughs) factory can build them. Since officially going on sale earlier this year, over 16,000 Gladiators have been sold nationwide. Wow. And with an average uh, average price of over $50,000, there's no denying the profits of Jeep and FCA are raking in. Now, Jeep, along with virtually every other automaker, wants to end the year with a bang. And one for sure, surefire way of making that happen is to sell more units. But, of course, buyers need to be enticed in order to come in and spend that good money. It was discovered this week that a bulletin was sent out to Jeep dealerships authorizing an old but useful sales tactic, the Conquest Bonus. Let it be known that this is not the type of conquest that you would have had at a college frat party back in the day. As fun as those are or were, this is simply a discount designed specifically to get buyers to switch brands, unlike those keg stands at a frat party that had you switching teams. (coughs) Jeep is apparently sending a promotional offer via either direct mail or email to certain groups of truck owners in the United States. This offer is worth $2,000 off towards a new Gladiator. Remember that coupon that we spoke of a few episodes back? Well, this trumps that for sure. It turns out this is the single largest discount on the 2020 Gladiator that FCA has ever authorized. In fact, this offer is double that of last month's loyalty discount coupon that targeted Jeep owners. Unfortunately, yes, there is a catch. There always has been with any of these Gladiator deals. This offer cannot be applied towards the -the top-of-the-line Gladiator Rubicon trim. Actually, it may come as a surprise to some of you, but Jeep recently increased the Rubicon's trim price by 330 bucks without any explanation whatsoever. Bastards. Maybe it's just supply and demand. I don't know. Who knows? Either way, you're not getting a discount on a Rubicon Gladiator. Fortunately, there are three other great Gladiator trim levels available. Sport, Sport S, and the Overland trim. The Sport's MSRP is currently at 33545 without any added options. Combined with this latest discount, assuming you're coming from a rival brand, that price drops to just $31,545. And that's before you start haggling on the price. Imagine getting a decently trimmed Gladiator for thirty grand or less. Now, this still gets you a new Gladiator with that very powerful V6, a 6-speed manual transmission, 17-inch rims, and a 5-inch Uconnect touchscreen display. Now, might have some of you thinking about switching teams after all. Need alcohol and marijuana. Well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, <laughs> be done. sure to let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being rushed. <laughs> I was like, no, he doesn't have anything serious to add to this. No, no I don't. I never do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to say, speaking of bangs, there was often a bang before those silicone drippings. So. Oh, boy. All right. So there you go. <laughs> I, I'm done. All right, head I'm over done. to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. <laughs> Find out how to reach out and uh, we'll join in on us. Well, coming up later in the show, interview with uh, Tuppy Products. We've got their sales manager here to talk with us about what's new in the world of secure storage solutions for our Jeeps. Hi there, Jeep Talk Show Nation. This is Chris with 7slats.com. What are 7slats? The seven grill openings on our favorite vehicle, the Jeep. 
Many topics Jeepers argue about and debate is the origin of the 7 opening grill, now the definitive symbol of the Jeep brand. The origin of the 7 opening grill is very, very simple. It's not a romantic and mysterious story. It was created out of simple manufacturing necessity. After World War II, Willys Overland was re-engineering the Jeep for civilian use. Upgraded the transmission with better gear suited for civilian use, as well as larger headlamps. In order to accommodate the larger headlamps, the stamping die was reworked, stations were removed and reworked to allow the original tooling to be utilized. The remaining seven openings provided sufficient airflow, just as the nine opening grill did. Simply look at photos of a Willys MB or a GPW Ford, as well as a CJ2, and it's very clear it's the same shape and overall size of the stamping. Many people say Ford patented the nine opening grill. Henry Ford didn't want anything to do with the war buildup and only entered begrudgingly after his son Atzel began working with the Army Air Corps to produce bombers at Willow Run. U.S. government needed to ensure a reliable supply of Jeeps and enlisted Ford, along with Willie's Overland, to produce for the war effort. Henry Ford insisted that parts produced for what was known as the Ford GPW to be stamped with an F on them so Ford could not be held responsible for Jeeps produced by Willys Overland. Why would Ford patent the 9 opening grill? And if they did, why was it never seen on any Ford product after the war? Another rumor idea is that Jeep was the first vehicle to traverse all seven continents. While that sounds good, I believe it was the VW Beetle that was the first vehicle to set tires on all seven continents. And again, if it was the first vehicle on all seven continents, why didn't Willys Overland use that in the marketing of the CJ after the war? Again, it's simple, simple tooling change. As boring as it sounds, Willys Overland needed to sell vehicles after the war. They needed larger headlamps, with limited funds, Willys Overland worked, reworked the existing tooling. It's just that simple. Thanks for listening, and look to talk to you soon. Wow. Next uh, next time uh, Chris gives us something, he'll tell us that Santa Claus isn't real, and Death Wobble isn't uh, an actual thing. <laughs> Everything I know is a lie. <laughs> it is, but it was very interesting. I, I've often no, wondered about that because you look at the older vehicles. There wasn't seven uh, slipping slots or uh, slats or whatever you want to call it in there. There was, uh, like, I think he, like you said, nine. Yeah, uh, and I, I always thought that the seven slats uh, creation was because Jeep was the only vehicle to have first set foot on the right. all seven continents. So I mean, that's that's you know sort of the myth that's always followed it. Uh, you know, in in my book, uh, interesting to hear otherwise. Some some drunk guy giggling out there that started that that uh, everybody believed. <laughs> right. You're listening to a four by four radio network podcast. Hey, if you haven't been to the 4x4 Radio Network lately, well, it's time to go check it out. We've got a bunch of stuff over there, new episodes being added all the time, and we've got a ton of off-road podcasts there. The 4x4 Radio Network the uh, is is got a ton of stuff. On the Trail Podcast, Trail Chasers, Center Steer Podcast, 4x4 Podcast is there. We're there, too. It's all in one place, and it's all for free. Head over to 4x4RadioNetwork.com today. 
Hey Jeepers, Brian from Route 16 Off-Road. I don't know if you noticed or not, but we started a new podcast called the Route 16 Grind, where we talk about hunting, fishing, overlanding, hiking, venturing, shooting, and of course, we are definitely talking about some wheeling. Every now and then, you might even hear a familiar voice. Hey, this is Nicky G. Damn it, Nicky, get in the basement! From the outdoors and off-road industries. Ah. That's the Route 16 Grind, proudly sponsored by Warren, Tuffy, and C-State Coffee. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen that meme uh, where they show uh, like a golden tre- retriever or something and they there's a little note there about uh, how this uh, this dog has no, uh, <laughs> has no I shame. I cat's poop. And, no, you know, no, I- no. This is the one where it jumps out of the, the, the Jeep and runs over and jumps in another Jeep that had a bucket of fried chicken in it. It'll go wherever the wherever the free food is. And that, that reminds me of Nikki G. Traitor. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys were aware about the uh, Route One Six grind. It's uh, I think they're into uh, uh, three episodes now. So uh, you know, go over there and check that out. Tammy, were you aware of it uh, since you were uh, off in uh, Never Never Land? Oh my God, there was so much that I wasn't aware of going that was going on. So, um, and there were so many times I didn't have um, cell service, so I missed so many emails and chats. I'm still trying to catch up. Coming up later in the show, Nikki G. Hey, guys. Allie from Canada. Been a while since I phoned in. I had a question for Tech Talk uh, as well, maybe for Josh, uh, since he does a lot of the electrical stuff. I recently decided that I want to use my hardtop again, and uh, more specifically, since it is winter here in Canada, um, I want to use my rear defrost and my wiper, but uh, the controls in the center of my dash where those uh, two things would have hooked up are gone. The wiring's gone. I'm wondering, is it as simple as hooking up a light? Can I run a negative and a positive and to the wiper motor and just simply hook it up to a switch and run it? And the same with the rear defrost. Can I just run a wire back there, hook it up, and run it to a switch and turn it on and off just like I would turn on and off um, off-road lights? Uh, also, second part to my question, I was out over the weekend uh, wheeling in the in the snow and the ice, and I, I struggled to get up some icy trails. I was wondering what you guys think of ice chains, uh, if you've ever used them off-road, if you've had any experience with them, if there's a specific ice chain that you would recommend. Um, I do uh, now have a wench, so I did have to break out the wench and, and get up a couple of those hills, but would be uh, even better if I could just stay in the cab and throw the chains on once and then point and shoot. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Bye. Well, Allie, a lot of good questions there and uh, definitely some good topics that we definitely could cover on uh, on uh, a tech talk. But you know, I'm going to give you a quick answer. <laughs> so here. you'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to address Allie's question here really quick because it's a very simple uh, question. Yes, Allie, more or less, you can just run the wires. However, both the wiper motor and the rear defroster are massive power hogs, meaning they draw a fair amount of amperage. There is not going to be a switch. Even the factory switches, if you go and pull them from a junkyard, are not going to be strong enough to handle that kind of a load. So there's going to be a relay that's going to be involved in this. You are going to have to wire up a relay uh, in line for each of those circuits, one for the rear defrost and one for the wiper motor. Um, this is how the factory system operates as well. And with the fa- with the defrost, there's also a timer uh, that's uh, that's in, uh, in there as well. 
if you can go to a junkyard and pull out the wiring for these uh, for these systems, I would highly recommend it because at that point it's going to be essentially plug and play. Otherwise, you're going to have to run the wires, you're going to have to run the power for each of those circuits, and those will require separate power runs, each of them fused. You can't just tie into the cigarette lighter or the dome light for this sort of stuff. You're going to have to run new power lines. Those power lines are going to have to be fused. Uh, then you're going to have to do all the wiring for your relays and stuff like that, which ultimately is relatively easy. But if you are not an expert with wiring, with vehicle wiring, making those kind of connections and, uh, and, and doing that kind of level of install, then I might recommend taking this to, uh, to an expert to having that sort of stuff done. Or again, uh, defaulting to the junkyard stuff, pulling all of that, in which case it's just going to be a plug and play. As far as the chains go, out here in the Northwest, we deal with a lot of snow and ice as well. Ice is no fun to wheel in regardless, uh, and there's really no way to make that easy or passable. You can throw some chains on, but you're still going to have a lot of wheel spin, and you're not going to have a lot of traction. You're not going to have, well, you're not going to have a lot of control at all. So if wheeling in the ice is something that you are wanting to do, I'm going to say you're a crazy SOB, <laughs> but, but uh, if, it's something that, if, you, if it's something that you end up in, it's like, okay, we're going up to the pass, we're going to do some wheeling, oh crap, the temperature dropped about 20 degrees in the last two hours and everything is frozen now, uh, well, that's a little bit different, in which Turn case, you, know, you can throw on the chains. Now, there is no really you know, good, better, best when it comes to ice chains. It's going to be what is going to fit on your tire and what's going to stay on your tire as you get those kind of wheel spins up and you're in an off-road type of situation. Most chains are not meant to be driven off-road in weird kind of off-camber situations, very uneven terrain, and in situations where there's going to be a lot of wheel spin. Um, so... <sighs> It, just find what is going to work with your tires, what you don't mind packing around. Remember, you're going to have to take it off of your tire and store it somewhere in your Jeep with it oh, all wet and snowy God. and muddy. So, you know, what are you going to want to carry around? It's really going to come down to what, what's your, um, what you're comfortable with installing on your Jeep and what you're comfortable with um, carrying around. And remember, those chains, it's going to be heavy. That's going to be, you know, 40, 50, 60 pounds that you're going to be throwing around in an extra gear and that's going to have to be secured as well, because if when you're not using those chains, that's a 60-pound projectile in the back of your Jeep that as you kind of come up over a bump, that thing can very easily just hop up over the back seat if it's not secure. And if you end up in a rollover situation, well, I, I can't even tell you how bad that things are going to get very quickly. So, Allie, um, really just go with what you got, what you can find as far as chains go when it comes to the wiring. If you're not up at that level of, uh, of expertise, have somebody else do it. And I wish you the best of luck, my friend. All right, guys. I know you've been sending in your requests for Jeep Talk Show stickers, and we thank you very much for it. And in fact, uh, and I know that everybody will just go, oh, my God. Uh, we thought we were making it easier for you with the self-addressed stamped envelopes. Well, I kind of found one uh, that hadn't gone out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't know how. Too? I don't know how long it's been here. Uh, I was just going to ask how long had it been. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it wasn't for Nate, the, was it? The carbon dating is uh, has not come back yet, uh, so we'll 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 soon know. But anyway, I've got uh, three envelopes here with uh, stickers that will be uh, going out. Uh, you know, today, today, tomorrow, first part of next week. So if you if you've been wondering uh, what happened to your sticker, it should be showing up really soon. Maybe Sometime just in time. Christmas, maybe New Year's. <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to say, maybe just in time for, <laughs> yes, wouldn't that be fun? 
slapping uh, a nice fresh Jeep Talk Show sticker right on the turkey. <laughs> oh, that would be, I love that. I'd love to see that picture. All right, guys, it's time to tell you guys about paid subscriptions. Oh, you know what? I, I probably should stop talking about it right now and then start talking about it in about 10 minutes in the show because they'll think they fast forwarded through it and then hear it later. Anyway, the, the paid subscriptions, we recently uh, uh, got a, a, a new paid subscription and just really want to thank uh, Quinn H for uh, making that uh, making that happen. We really appreciate it and we appreciate all the other people that have taken the time to uh, subscribe to the show. If you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I'm talking about a way that you can help support the show, especially since Amazon abandoned us. <laughs> you just go over to jeeptalkshow.com and you'll see a, a little PayPal button there that you can click. And uh, yeah, less than, I can't say less than, a little more than $2 uh, uh, per month, you get a uh, all this great, fun content. Oh, and, and the bad jokes. I'd say they're for free, but if you're paying for them, they wouldn't be free. The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from Antonio, Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, it's XJ, Jake calling. This is John, Free Runner in 1982, and on today's radio context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. No! No. No, no, that's not right. We love our listeners. The Black Magic brake pad was born on the racetrack, but exhibits the very unusual trait of outstanding cold bite, which makes it ideal for our Jeeps when we run the larger tires and add weight and armor. Larger, heavier tires and wheels require more stopping power. Don't wait until you're trying to slow that rig down and wish you had spent more time on, the, on beefing up your brakes. When they say Jeep brakes, they mean it. Jeep Commander, Liberty, TJ, XJ, ZJ, and of course the JK, to name just a few. So stop what you're doing right now and go to blackmagicbrakes.com and find all those great products available for your Jeep. That's blackmagicbrakes.com. Choosing seat covers for your Wrangler has never been easier thanks to Meredith Evasu at Extreme Terrain. We interviewed Meredith on the Jeep Talk Show back in 2018, and boy, oh boy, we can confirm she's a real Jeeper. Or Jeep her. Uh, anywho, in our latest categorical Jeep Buyer's Guide video, Meredith explores Jeep seat covers options in to keep your Wrangler interior protected from muck and moisture. Using her graduated cylinder and expert approach, Meredith explores some of the most popular seat cover offerings on ExtremeTerrain.com. We have left a link in the show description for Jeep Talk Show episode 412, but if you want, you can simply Google search Wrangler seat covers, and it's at the top of the organic selections. From around the world... Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
Here we are back for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and tonight we're going to be talking with Jason uh, from Tuffy Products. Now, you may remember that name recently because I interviewed, actually met, it was just so strange for me because I never meet any of these people since nobody ever comes to the Houston area. Uh, <laughs> I actually got to meet Jason uh, on the floor of SEMA, SEMA 2019, and uh, spoke with him about some uh, some very interesting Tuffy products. Jason, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, Jason, I got to ask you, I was blown away by those, uh, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm forgetting what the name. They're basically those little side uh, cubbies. What do, you, what do you guys call them? Uh-oh. The, uh, the Gladiator Bedside Storage Boxes. Oh, I love that professionalism. You know exactly what to say. So, the Bedside Storage Boxes, those things were really cool. That was a great idea. And, uh, uh, and, and thanks uh, very much for showing us a... Uh, uh, you know, before the reveal, showing us uh, these uh, these great little boxes. Now they go all the way from the the front of the bed all the way to the back of the bed, and you can do they come in in uh, a set of two, or can you buy one or, or two? Uh, it'll be um, a driver and a passenger side, so you can purchase both of those sides, and that would make that set for you. Um, that's uh, I think that's the direction that we're going to be going in that product. Now you haven't actually uh, you not you personally, but Tuffy has not actually released this yet, correct? That's correct. Not yet um, released, and that's where we got um, so we gathered some of that feedback on that product. Very, very popular. Got a r- lot of really good positive feedback on those, and uh, that and those are some of those minor things trying to uh, figure out exactly how we're going to go to market with that. And uh, I do believe that um, some of that feedback that we received is going to lead to us having the driver and the passenger side options um, available individually. Oh, okay. So you may actually sell them individually. So if somebody just wants one side or the other, uh, are they they both the same or are they fitted uh, where you actually have to buy a, a passenger or a driver? They, they are fitted, so they are going to be specific um, to one side or the other. Uh, the Gladiator, what's really nice about that is they have um, existing uh, mounting locations on um, that trail rail system on the uh, the inner side of the uh, bed. So we're actually tying into that. So when these actually uh, bolt into the vehicle, there's no drilling involved. One of those really nice features about the product. I remember you saying that in our SEMA interview. That's, that's a great thing, uh, especially when you're buying something that is so new and uh, exciting like the jeep gladiator uh you know i was surprised there was more jeep gladiators out at sema this year yeah exactly i mean it's the uh it's the kind of that next cool thing and we haven't seen a jeep truck in uh quite some time and uh it just lends itself to all the possibilities in the world and when you are spending that money on it as much as you are gonna have fun with it and you are gonna make it your own if you can avoid drilling that's always ideal oh yeah because you can take those things out and then nobody knows they were there and hell you might want to keep them in your room with you whenever the if the gladiator goes away or maybe (laughs) maybe for the next gladiator so um i don't think i don't think we ever spoke about this uh at sema do you have a an idea how much storage space that is? You know, cubic inches or or, or whatever uh, whatever measurements you make you guys may have met, made. I don't have any specifics on that as to what those cubic inches are, but we really do maximize that space. Oh, uh, it is going to so. be a full length box that's going to go from the head of the bed all the way to the tailgate. So you are going to have a hundred percent of the length in that bed um, that you currently have, and then they are going to go just over the wheel well. So you can take that measurement and get an idea of where that existing wheel well is and it's going to um, use all of that existing space along the side of the bed and it's easily accessible from the top as i recall there were three doors uh that were mounted on top and uh, so you can get to any part of that long 
uh, area. And, uh, I mean, I was really surprised. There's quite a bit of room in there. And I, I'm really surprised nobody else has come up with something like this. So, you know, kudos for you guys for coming up with something. And it's it's so well meshed into the, the bed of the truck. It looks factory. Yeah, and thank you for that. I mean, as far as an organization is really what uh, Tuffy is keyed into. It's definitely um, kind of our uh, segment in the market. And we uh, definitely have those options available for all vehicles out there. So when we looked at the Gladiator, uh, one thing that we realized and when we were taking our notes on it, is um, really some of the lack of storage space that's on that vehicle other than the bed you don't have that much and part of buying that gladiators you want to be able to use the bed so we really wanted to make sure that we could um, increase that uh, secured storage space on the vehicle but still have access to the bed so that's really when we were brainstorming why we came up with these boxes to make sure that the um, center of the bed was open to still use the vehicle as it was intended but still have easy access to your items now you guys had like a cover going between the two uh, the two boxes, the bedside boxes, uh, and that cover uh, w- uh, that was not from Tuffy, that was from somebody else, correct? Is that is that going to be an option, or because it, it would actually have to be fitted to, to those Tuffy boxes, wouldn't it? Correct. Yeah, it would be a specific um, tonneau cover, and uh, uh, Best Stop actually uh, supplied that for us, so that's going to be a Best Stop tonneau cover, and it is going to be specific. So. It is one of those that if um, as somebody wanted to purchase the driver and passenger side, that tonneau cover would be available as an individual part number to add on to give you that complete setup. And I'm sorry, did you say when it when this was going to be available, or you don't know uh, when the the side the side storage boxes when they're going to be available? Uh, not a, no exact date given at this time, but we are looking at the early part of 2020. So uh, um, hopefully um, by uh, the beginning of spring. We'll have these uh, released and available. Good Lord, Jason. Christmas is coming up. What's wrong with you people? Uh, you should have had this ready for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so I know we I, always try to do our best and there's always some timelines involved yeah. with that. So we definitely uh, always keep our ears open and we want to make sure we get everybody exactly what they want. So I'm a JKU owner and I have found the past, I don't know, six months I feel like a redheaded stepchild. I feel like everyone's like <laughs> for- forgotten about us and they're not making anything new well, for that, the JK. There was that long pause when I was when I said there I'm surprised there wasn't more gladiators out there at SEMA. Yeah. As Jason knows, that was all gladiators out there. Oh. So and and you know, yes, even when quite I, a, I don't know what the, the total number was, but it seemed like right. sixty or so. Yes. <laughs> so are you guys you know, have you moved on from the JKs? Are you going to be doing any, you know, designing for new stuff? Or is, you know, the JKs are just, you've done everything you could. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that you asked that question because we did not forget about the JK. And uh, the JK, we still have many, many options available for it. I, I forget what the exact number is. But I want to say that we're somewhere around 10 products available for the uh, JK. Um, that's just a rough number off the top of my head. And we actually, this year came out with a new product for the JK, and that was our tailgate lockbox. Um, we originally uh, revealed that in the uh, later part of 2018 for the JL, and with its popularity, uh, we didn't want to forget about the JK. So in um, 2019, we actually created that product and released it for the JK, so we did not forget about you. That's good. You can't, you can't, you can't forget about millions of individuals. No, and people are still buying used JKs. So um, anyway, it's just exciting to know that somebody still cares about us. Um, are you guys going to still keep um, 
you know, designing for the other Jeeps other than the JL and the Gladiator? Oh, absolutely. We're always looking and open-minded about that. Um, it's one of those, you always got to take a look at every individual uh, vehicle, see what options lend them and uh, just listen. I, I think that's the, the best thing that we do at Tuffy is we listen. So if there is something that's not being met and there's an opportunity for it, just let us know and we can make that happen. That's uh, one of the, um, the great things about Tuffy and our abilities. Well, you guys already have some great storage solutions for the JK and the JKU now, don't you? Correct. Yep. Um, for the uh, the JK and JKU, uh, some of the more popular ones that we have are um, driver and passenger side underseat drawers. The uh, the large cargo security that we have, one of our enclosures for the rear. That way it'll actually bolt into existing location, uh, locations and all that cargo space behind the, uh, the rear seat can now be secured storage so you can take the top off, uh, put it on, do what you need to. But just have that nice organization in the back of the vehicle and no items are not going to walk away. I like calling uh, calling a uh, calling it a Jeep trunk because it's a, it's a lot like a, a trunk on a car at that point because you you have this nice enclosed middle area. It, it doesn't mean somebody won't get into it. It just means they won't be able to stick their hand in there like they can uh, with the factory job. Right, and that's a great explanation of what the product is being the Jeep trunk. I think that is um, some great terminology to explain what it is. And mm-hmm. that's what's really nice, too, is with that design, we're using the factory tailgate. So when you lock the uh, the factory tailgate with your key or key fob, you're going to have all the regular functionality of it. So you don't have to carry an extra set of keys on your key ring to use that product. So got to ask the hard-hitting question. Uh, a great-looking uh, Jeep Gladiator you had out there. Uh, why wasn't it red? Oh, Tony. Why wasn't I thought, it red? <laughs> I thought we were done with that. <laughs> It'll oh, never be over, you, damn it. You know what? I, I get involved in a lot of things, but I can't say I have a say in what color the vehicle is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know at SEMA that there are awards given. Is, is that correct? Did you guys get any big awards? Thank you for bringing that up. Actually, we did win a couple of awards for those uh, gladiator boxes that we were talking about. Oh, wow. Um, the first, yeah, yeah. The first one that we got was actually uh, voted on by the uh, the SEMA board, and it was a uh, runner-up for best new product. And then we also got a second oh my award for best new product by Tora, and that's the uh, the Truck and Off-Road Alliance group. That's, uh, that's pretty big to get, like, the best, you know, number one out of every company that's there that's that's amazing well it was runner up you know so uh <sighs> next to best uh but it was i'm really surprised it wasn't best i, I uh, like i said like i mentioned uh before i got to actually see these and touch them put my little greasy fingers on them and they're just they're beautiful they they look like they're a factory like they were made uh, uh by jeep to fit in there um I, you know actually i i wouldn't be surprised if jeep didn't contact you guys about uh, making that an option for one of their uh, especially uh, models. There were a lot of eyeballs on that product, so it's always a possibility. Um, haven't heard anything uh, as of yet, but uh, always a possibility for that. But definitely, um, definitely proud to be able to accept those awards. It definitely takes a lot of hard work and effort from all of our team members, um, all the way from production, engineering, and just uh, being able to put something out there that we are proud of. And with the amount of products that were entered, just to be recognized is an an amazing achievement well and it's clear that it is a a very special uh, product when i when i saw it i was like wow this is really cool this is a great idea i remember gushing over it whenever you showed me um so uh oh you know what uh i mentioned this before we were able to get a a special pre 
uh, peek at this before the reveal. I think it was at one thirty in the afternoon there in uh, Central uh, SEMA Central Time, uh, and uh, or, or Central. <laughs> I keep trying to say Central Time because I'm in that ZOM zone in SEMA time. So uh, at the the one thirty reveal, how was the crowd? Was there was there a big uh, crowd waiting to see this uh, this gladiator and, and all its uh, beauty, and also too those uh, those beautiful boxes. The, you know what the, the, the talking about the crowd and saying that there was a crowd is an understatement. I was right there on the floor <laughs> when they unveiled, and I, I could not physically answer every single question fast enough. Oh, that's great! Just the, just the excitement that was around it. So it was a um, it was a surreal moment. You know, and 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 something being exciting for a gladiator. Whenever there were so many gladiators out there, that's also a big thing. Because I mean, you you by the time I got to the 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 Tuffy booth, I had, I'd seen twenty gladiators. So for me to be excited about you know seeing a product for the gladiator, which I don't have, and I don't have any plans on buying because I can't afford anything like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I see this this Tuffy product, and I go, you know. I'd kind of like to have a gladiator just so I could have these these toughy side boxes in there because it's really cool, especially with that that toner co- uh, cover that's on the back. It was, uh, and you guys had like a a mesh netting in there as well, didn't you? That's correct. Yep, we did have a netting in there. We're always going to be carrying coolers with us, no matter what um, we're driving. Yeah, and just with the gladiator, you got to be able to make sure that all stays in the um, in the, where you want it to stay when you put it in the bed of the vehicle. So we wanted to make sure that we had those nice um, subtle touches on that product to make sure it was still functional and usable. All right. Well, I can hear people screaming uh, in the future at the at, at the interview, going, "Okay, that's enough of these these side boxes. We get it. You like it. We uh, well, uh, we don't have was, a, we don't have a gladiator like you were saying, Tammy. We don't have a gladiator. Right. What else does Tuffy have for you know for the peeps, the ones that that actually need it? Yeah, you know, we talked about uh, stuff for the JK JKU, but you guys also have stuff for the older Jeeps. You have stuff for the TJs, the XJs, uh, all kinds of things. Yep, uh, I still have uh, glove boxes available for the uh, the CJ. We have not oh, wow. forgot about those vehicles. Those are uh, those are nice evergreen products that we have. We um, maintain the inventory on them, and something that we're always going to have available. So whether you are driving a CJ, a YJ, a TJ, we're going to have a full slew of products available for those vehicles, ranging from glove boxes to consoles to enclosures. So definitely things that uh, we uh, we're always going to have available for those uh, vehicle owners. I never know if I lose you or yeah. if you're just waiting I was for me just, to yeah, ask I was a question. Just, I heard you make some noises like you were going to ask your question, so I was trying to delay so that right. you could jump in there. Did, Tony, did you Tony have usually, some, gotcha. did you have something? Usually, or? No, I was earlier. I was just going to say when you were uh, going back to those gladiator boxes, I was like all excited and getting ready to go on the um, the website because I thought they were boxes for the, um, the JK and JKU because one thing I found is there's the space on the JKs and the JKUs above the the wheel well, and then on the mm-hmm. side where the roll bars are, there's something that could go there. Um, there's like almost like a little shelf where you could put some sort of box. Anyway, I'm just throwing gotcha. that idea out there for a design because um, I was shoving because I was on this month long adventure, so I was shoving stuff into every space i could find and that was one thing where i found was easy to put stuff because when you open that back tailgate 
it's kind of like a little shelf there. So that would be cool. And I found um, above the roll bars, like above where the speakers are. Um, I know if you put your top down, it might be kind of hard. But anyway, those are some cool little nooks and crannies where you guys can maybe build something. Yeah, and we can always take a look at that and uh, develop something for it. And I think the uh, the biggest question for that is uh, uh, what exactly uh, – would be stored in that area and to let us know and that way we can really uh -huh. kind of design it to fit for that is just to let us know so i don't um know if uh everybody is uh naturally going to go on to uh social media but if you go on there and you let us know just let us know what it is we want to uh secure or um just organize in those spaces that way right. we can design um, a product to fit and make that work Oh my God! Your poor, poor social media team. I could, uh, I can well imagine uh, soliciting uh, ideas from uh, uh, the people that are always bad mouthing YouTube videos. <laughs> I, could, I can imagine that they really have to filter through stuff. Um, so you know, you, you mentioned the you mentioned the CJ, the YJ, uh, etc. Do you guys do anything for the maybe the the lesser loved uh, Jeeps like the? Uh, the, when I say lesser loved, the, the third-party manufacturers lesser loved uh, making products were like the Renegade, uh, the new uh, Cherokee. Uh, uh, what else have they got? Uh, what's that other one? Compass, if they still make that one. Do you, do you Compass, guys do anything yeah. for, for those models? Uh, so for those models, we typically do uh, some larger drawers in the back cargo area. Uh, not like the enclosure that we do on the, uh, the Jeep Wrangler. That one's a little bit more specific. Uh, just because of the tailgate and the way the top works on that. But for those um, other uh, Jeep vehicles, we tend to put a lot of drawers in the back of them. That's always a really popular uh, request that we get for that. So that is something that we have available for those vehicles. And you know, Tammy, I never thought about it. Um, I, I'm all, Since I'm a Jeep person and all I have is Jeeps, I don't think about Tuffy products for other vehicles. Right. Uh, Jason, do you guys uh, carry products for other vehicles? Oh, absolutely. I, I would say pretty much everything across the board, we're going to have something available for it. And if it's not going to be a vehicle that we have something vehicle specific for, we're going to have our full line of universal products. And these universal products are going to range from compact to large, giving anybody in any vehicle an option to have secured storage in their vehicle. So is there a possibility that you guys could be coming up with these uh, uh, side storage units for, say, full-size trucks? Definitely a great conversation that we are looking into and exploring that um, that possible idea. So uh, once these uh, boxes do release and uh, we see uh, the popularity and get a little bit more feedback on them, and if that's a direction that we decide we're going to go into, we'll uh, definitely get that announced. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. And Tuffy's such a great product. It's really solid built, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, I always feel that it's a very secure uh, thing to have. Now, I was going to ask you real quick, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, not necessarily conceal and carry, but uh, people that are allowed to legally carry weapons, and uh, having something to lock them up whenever they uh, perhaps go into work where they can't take their weapon, uh, it's, it's a very important thing, because you don't want that weapon or weapons falling into uh, the, the hands of criminals. Now, you guys have, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, the under-seat storage that is a, a very secure box and, uh, and, and, and pardon the pun, but not bulletproof. People could still get into it, but you make it very difficult for them. Absolutely. It's very, very difficult. And that's something that we always test on a product where there's a lot of uh, 
subtle features about the products that uh, if we really went into detail about, I could explain. But at the same time, I don't really want to explain because <laughs> then you, uh, then people will kind of know some of those subtle yeah, features about yeah. them. But these that we purposely engineer into these products to make it very, very difficult in order to uh, in, to get inside of them. And another part of these and another aspect of the products is they're out of sight. So they're going to be out of sight from prying eyes because the first uh, method to stop anybody from trying to uh, take anything from the vehicle is that they don't know it's there. They're not going to look for it. Right. And I, I guarantee you, if somebody uh, gets into your vehicle... Uh, especially if it's if you have a soft top and they get into your vehicle and they immediately go under the seat to find any kind of weapon or anything that you know is being put out of sight <clears throat> when their hand hits that big uh fat flat piece of metal and lock they're gonna say oh well i'll try the next one <laughs> exactly yep the most popular tool is a flyhead screwdriver so we definitely uh keep them out <laughs> one um one other idea I had, and I, w- I will post this on your website, is a tool drawer, like a really, like maybe a five, six inch one um, for mm-hmm. the, the JKUs, where like you could put your recovery gear, your tools, where you could just, because I've seen these in the in the um, TJs, where you could just roll open mm-hmm. your drawer. Um, I don't know. I think that would work with the tailgate. But anyway, I, that would be another good, I mean... There's so many things you could do to the JK. Sorry, well, I'm, sure I'm the, partial. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure the Overlanders would be uh, would be very interesting right. interested in a, a drawer like that. You guys don't have any uh, pull out drawers for uh, like the cargo area of uh, of the Jeeps. So for um, the TJs, I do TJs, YJs, CJs. I do have a four inch high drawer that would work exactly for that. And I do have vehicle specific mounting kits to fit those year ranges in order to put that the, to install that drawer and also put the seat on top of those drawers. That way you can still have passengers in the back. So yep. that is something I currently have available. Um, and one of the things with the JK is with those uh, cubbies in the uh, the rear cargo area, we wanted to make sure that space was um, still accessible. So we didn't make a mounting kit for that drawer to adapt. Oh. But there's nothing that's preventing that drawer from being able to go from the, uh, the TJ, YJ, CJ over to the huh. JK as long as you get creative with the mounting of it. Right. Well, there you go, Tammy. I was going to suggest you get a TJ and uh, take care of oh. it that way. Yeah, that that was, the mounting <laughs> part would be easier than trying to buy another Jeep. So Jason, and I couldn't get rid of my Jeep. Uh, yeah. So Jason, you know how the uh, the kids love the social media these days. How do uh, how do we find out more about uh, Tuffy? And uh, hopefully, you're on Instagram because we love the pictures. Yep, and we are on those. Um, I believe that we are on uh, the the list that we currently have is going to be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I believe that we are on LinkedIn and a few other platforms out there. So all the major guys, you will be able to find Tuffy products on there and be able to reach out to us directly. Oh, and of course, we didn't mention the site, TuffyProducts.com. Don't go to Tuffy.com. That's something completely different. (laughs) TuffyProducts.com online. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Jason, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And and again, thank you so much for giving me the, uh, the time. Uh, to do an interview there on the floor of SEMA, and you guys can go back and listen to that on episode 410, uh, and uh, especially for showing me those those great, uh, you know, I'm just brain farting. Tell me what those things are called again. 
the Gladiator bedside storage boxes. Gladiator bedside storage boxes. I, I need somebody to feed me lines while I'm doing uh, doing the, the interview, Jason. <laughs> well, we're really looking forward to that. I think you guys got a. I think you guys have, yeah. I think you guys have a great winner there, and I'm I'm very anxious to see somebody uh, you know getting one of these things. I, I know it's going to show up online. You know, in, in fact, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that Brad with uh, Trail Recon may may be getting some of these. I don't know if you're familiar with Trail Recon or not, but uh, Brad just got a a brand new red gladiator that he's been outfitting for overlanding, and man, this thing would be perfect. Uh, this uh, the bedside uh, boxes would be perfect for that. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I had a lot of fun seeing that. Thank you for again for uh, revealing that to me ahead of time and uh, for doing our interview tonight. Yep. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And big thanks to Jason for coming on the show and talking about the latest from Tuffy. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest or do you work in the off-road industry or maybe know somebody who does? Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. You know, we're always saying we want to hear your Jeep story. And next week, we're going to do just that as we interview Jared Olham, a Jeeper, an avid overlander, and fan of the show. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, this week, I'm taking my uh, rich uncle out wheeling. Yeah, you, you might know him. He's the guy that invented lifesavers. Yeah, he made a mint. Wow. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. What can I say? They all can't be winners. <laughs> so you'll be Tony. I know you wanted a. Um, I wanted you wanted a, a alien story. <laughs> yes, you heard the one last <laughs> week, right? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, that was um, it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. We um, we were driving. In Arizona, I believe it was. And all of a sudden, we came upon um, Route 69, or I forget what Uh-oh. it was. Area, 66? area 61. Area 51. Area six, no, Area 60. I think it was, or is it Area 51? Yeah, whatever yeah. it was. And I immediately thought of Nikki G. That's the site of the crash of the aliens. The actual that's, site. That's Roswell. That's Not Roswell. Area no, no, that Roswell is where they took... It's the other way around. (laughs) So we were in this big sphere where you could look out where you could see the crash site. Anyway, (laughs) I thought of Nikki G. There's pictures somewhere on my Facebook page. From the top to the tires, from the transmission to the tailpipe, and from bumper to bumper. If you've got a Wrangler, he's got you covered. It's Wrangler Talk with Bill. Hello, JTS listener, and let's get right into this steering system of your Jeep. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to our steering systems and our rigs. And Jeep has used two different styles of linkages on our Wranglers over the past few years, so this is going to be another multi-week Wrangler segment. So let's first cover the main building blocks of your steering system. And this might sound weird, but the whole steering system starts with your ball joints. Yes, I know that some people might say that they are not the building blocks of our Jeep and other things like that, but through my experience, usually they are the main culprit for a lot of problems when it comes to your steering system. So let's dig into what a ball joint is. 
and an automotive ball joint is considered a spherical bearing that connects our axle shaft inner C to the steering knuckle. A ball joint most significantly represents actually the human hip joint, meaning it is a ball and socket assembly that is free to move in any direction with some limitations. All ball joints are made of very durable materials, and they serve as a pivot point between your axle and the wheels. Ball joints can also be found in the steering linkage system that links your steering knuckles to your steering box. Although they are made of very durable material, they are naturally designed to wear out. This is part of their design so they can take a lot of abuse that we put them through when we are on-road and off-road with our Jeeps. There are a couple different types of ball joints out in the market, although they all have the same general design. There are two different main types of ball joints out on the market, and that is a sealed ball joint and a greasable serviceable ball joint. The first type of ball joint is the standard ball joint that has three main components, the ball, the socket, and a plastic polymer insert that provides a low friction movement of the ball joint inside the socket. This is the type of ball joint that is great for low load applications and are usually called a sealed ball joint. The sealed ball joint that is considered lubricated for life, meaning they do not need any type of service during their lifetime. These ball joints come stock on your Jeep from the factory and they are great for stock applications that we use them until we kind of start making those fun modifications. Also, these types of lubed for life ball joints are found on the steering linkage of our stock Wranglers. So question is, when do you want to replace these lubed for life ball joints? Well, a good rule of thumb for these sealed joints is to replace them every 80,000 miles. This is the common recommendation from all ball joint manufacturers. The next style of ball joint is an HD serviceable ball joint where engineers eliminated that polymer insert. These style of ball joints have three main components as well. They have the ball and the socket, which is the same as the seal joint. However, their nail is a hole located usually on the top or towards the side of the top of the ball joint on the socket. And this is where a Zerk fitting is placed. A Zerk fitting is a metal fitting that is used in mechanical systems to feed lubricants into a ball joint or a bearing under some type of pressure. HD serviceable ball joints are usually made of a case hardened socket and ball that has been precisely machined to fit together. These ball joints are a metal to metal friction contact and that is why it is very important to regularly service these ball joints. For serviceable ball joints, they should be greased about every oil change, which is a good rule of thumb unless you are heading out on a wheeling trip, then I recommend greasing them right before you go. Your ball joints will thank you in the long run. So how do you tell if we need to replace our ball joints? And the most common way to tell if you need ball joints is you may hear a clicking or snapping sound when you turn the wheel one way or the other and maybe even a squealing sound when you hit the brakes. And I'm not saying the standard squeal that you hear when you put on the brakes and that means you need new brakes, the little indicator on your brake pads. And this clicking or snapping is actually caused by the ball moving around inside the socket. And this is not good whatsoever. It can lead to a lot more complications down the road. 
So another common symptom of a wearing ball joint is actually losing control when hitting bumps in the road. The ball joints are too loose inside the sockets and some people actually call this bump steer. So meaning when you hit a bump, your Jeep kind of goes in one way or the other direction. This can also be observed if you jacked up the front end of your Jeep off the ground and pushed on the side of your tire in the lateral direction and watch the movement in the ball joint. There should not be any play in the lateral direction, meaning from the outside of your Jeep inwards towards the axle shaft. If there's any play side to side, I would definitely recommend getting your ball joints replaced immediately. Another symptom of your ball joints going bad is that your rig might start to drift when driving down the road. So if you've never checked or greased your ball joint, it might be a good idea to do that this weekend. Driving on worn ball joints is actually very dangerous too because of the complications that can happen. I've actually seen where a ball joint has failed and their entire wheel assembly has come off the Jeep. So definitely good idea to check it maybe this weekend or next weekend if you had time. Also with worn ball joints, you're putting a lot more stress on other components of your steering system and this can cause them to fail prematurely. So if you're have worn ball joints, you might actually be causing your steering box to fail prematurely. And I'd rather be replacing ball joints that are a lot cheaper than a full steering box. So good idea maybe to check your ball joints and actually maybe grease them too this weekend if you have a serviceable ball joint. So this concludes this week's Wrangler Talk, and I hope you've learned something about ball joints. Even though this week was supposed to be talking about steering systems, well, ball joints are the main building block of our steering systems. We need to, to start with the basics and where kind of how we actually get that movement from side to side and what allows it. So thank you for listening to this week's Wrangler Talk. And remember, did I get something wrong or did I forget something important? Well, head over to our contact page on our website at jeeptalkshow.com contact and send us an email or leave us a voice message. And we will continue talking about steering systems next week. And I promise we will dive more into the actual steering system, not ball joints. Okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Now, what is it and why do I want it? So I'm finally going to review the Nexen Rodian MTX tires. And I can say that I am probably the only person in the world who has put 10,000 miles already on their Rodian MTX tires. Um, that's how long my adventure was. Over a span of a month, 10,000 miles. And we wheeled every terrain out there from mud, sand, snow, rocks, dirt roads, highways, and even sharp lava rocks in the Mojave um, that would have shredded the sidewalls of any other tires. And these tires held up amazing. Um, we tried, at, tried the tires out at all different PSIs, 14 PSI on the trails, 35 to 40. 41 on the trails, just regular, not even airing them down. And you know what? On the trails, they both rocked it. Um, I was um, on Gold Mountain 
and didn't realize what Gold Mountain was. We just thought it was a little dirt road up the, <laughs> up the side of a mountain. And we never aired down. And they, crawling over rocks and stuff, they did fine. Um, and you know what? You don't need to go lower than 14 PSI because they designed it that way. Um, they have the same footprint at 14 PSI that another tire would at 8 to 10. Um, their forward bite was amazing. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with many different tires. I've probably wheeled with three different tires. But Neil, who's been wheeling, and he's wheeled Falcons and um, all sorts of different tires, and he said that the forward bite is on par with competition stickies. Um, their lateral stability is so solid. And they have a unique sidewall construction that's amazing. It's second to none. Because you know what? I beat the crap out of those sidewalls. And they held up the beating. I even, it was so bad, I tore um, the valve stem cover off. The tire, I lost the bead. And it was because of the valve stem. Nothing to do with the tires. We used the high lift jack, put air back in. And I, we actually, we put a Colby valve in it, which everybody uh, who ever wheels needs to keep one of these. Thank you, Joe Yell, for the Colby valve that saved us. But we just ripped the valve stem off and put the Colby valve in, put the air in. And I've driven home with the valve, the Colby valve. The tires have held, the tire held up. Um, let's see. I would say... That one of the things that the tires say is they use noise canceling technology. I would say these tires are just as noisy as my Duratrax. Um, Neil feels they're just as noise, or Neil feels that's the one downfall is the noise. To me, you know, I don't expect them to be quiet, but they're. I was just going to say they're, they're Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, I'm really surprised know, Neil would say that because, right. you know, well, it's going to be loud. I mean, it, right. it's not smooth. It's not loud. I mean, it, right. if it's not smooth and not loud, it's a Jeep, you know? I think when, when you hear noise canceling technology, you know, I think maybe people think they're going to, I don't know. Yeah, I can but, see that. But, you know, there to me, I want my tires to be noisy. Um, they are very sensitive to air pressure when you're driving. But you can expect that because these this company um, is a performance tire company. That's what they that's what their main focus was. And now they're new to um, the off road world, and so their tires are born of performance tires like racing and drifting. So what you need to do is don't listen to what everyone else suggests because everybody's vehicle is different. The weight in everybody's vehicle is different. So what I found for my JKU, which was solidly packed with lots of stuff, 14, I mean, I think everyone could be satisfied with 14 for off-road. 27 PSI for the dirt roads worked really good for me. And 32 for the highway in my Jeep. And I know some other Jeepers who are running these tires are running them at 41 PSI, which I found in my JKU was too rough. Um, and I think that's just an inherent JKU issue. Um, and another thing you need to remember is they built these tires, um, they're F-load tires. So they designed them for that because of putting them on heavy trucks. They're not just for Jeeps. Right. Um, 
So I would give these tires, I'm going to, when, oh, and there is hardly anywhere on my tires. I, I was going to ask 10, about that. 000, yep. I put 10,000 miles on them and I was a bad girl because I was having so much fun. I didn't want to waste time. And I haven't rotated them yet, so that's my first oh, thing I'm gonna yeah, do. Oh, yeah, you definitely want to do that. But um, I would, I'm buying these tires again. So, and, uh, and not to the the shit on your your statement there, but I did want to mention to the audience that you you were provided these tires uh, oh, uh, yes. from Nexon. So these are a free, yes. free set of tires. And is Neil gonna have, send, have to send his back since he didn't take his uh, <laughs> no. his Jeep? No, actually, uh, both Neil and I, we ended up in California, and that's where Paul, the headquarters um, for the Nexon folks are here in America, in the USA, because, you know, these tires are um, made overseas. And so we went, and Paul is a great guy. So Neil and I are hopefully going to be working with Nexon this next year, Um you know, at events, going to, you know, show other Jeepers our tires. So um, everything's good. Neil is getting Maggie Mae back up, which is another long story. Um, so, you know, Nexon Tire is amazing. And they are new to the off-road community, but they get it. And they are making a solid tire. Oh, Paul's made a lot of time for me, uh, and especially yeah. at SEMA. Yeah, he's been great. And yep. I, I know they're trying to get into the, the off-road market, and they're uh, very interested in the, the Jeep crowd. So uh, they're right. going to be paying a lot of attention to Jeepers. So you guys may be seeing uh, not only Nexon, but maybe even Paul at these events are, are right. around the country. And I feel sorry for him because, you know, <laughs> he's doing all this himself. Oh, I know. And he's dealing with um, higher-ups who he has to explain. You know, the Jeep world is way different than drifting. Um, so, and they're trying to break into a, um, a world that has solid, you know, companies in it already. Yeah. So they've well, got a, well, a they, road ahead. they came out with a great tire. I am still, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am still just really jazzed about the, the Nexon Rodian tires, the uh, MTXs yep. that I have on my, uh, my Cherokee. It's just a pleasure to drive on. I mean, yep. uh, I wouldn't say they're specifically, uh, or, or, really quiet or anything but they're wow. just very the the road is it's very responsive it's 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 nice and smooth and you know i mean i had cupping on the the bfgs that i probably had over forty thousand miles on so you know of course there's going to be a change but i've been very happy with mine and i'll just point out uh that i purchased mine and i and, and they were they were a lot cheaper than the bfgs i would have oh been yeah buying. a lot cheaper so if you guys are worried and and to believe me, I mean, it, it's a huge investment whenever you're buying tires, and I understand. And it's one of the reasons why I want to point out uh, realistically what what I'm experiencing with these tires, because it, like I said, it's a big investment. And once you know a tire, a tire company, it's hard to swap over. I do not think you would be uh, disappointed with uh, the Nexon Rodian MTX. So far, very uh, impressed, and I'm glad to hear that you're seeing the same thing, Tammy. And I want to say Neil is very old school. He's very particular, and he—I mean—he's like Josh. He, you know, he knows his stuff, and he's had the experience. And he was very hesitant to even want to try these tires out. But you know, after—I mean—and he did a good bit of driving in my Jeep. Yes, I let him drive my Jeep, um, and he gives them a 
five-star rating. Yeah, I was really surprised. I, I I can't believe that in their their first attempt at an off-road tire, that, oh my God, that they've done something like so fa- uh, uh, fantastic like this. It, like, like when we went to the, up there to Gold Mountain back in July, all those other people there that had uh, a lot of experience with different tires, they were all blown away as well. So it, uh-huh. it really is phenomenal. Have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware. Josh, I got some bad news for you. Um, it's going to rain. I'm pissed. <laughs> uh, you, you need to get off road. And if you don't do it uh, soon, there's going to be repercussions. Yeah, I was up, uh, I don't know, what was that, uh, three or four weeks ago, uh, out for uh, doing some shooting and stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, we only wheeled a little bit. Picks probably... or it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got picks of the of the, of the the shooting part. Uh, it was everything else I didn't get. Oh, no, uh, you don't but, ever uh, want to do that. They'll use that in the trial. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, uh, this weekend, though, I uh, plan on going up. It, the rain was supposed to hold off until Monday or Tuesday. They've changed it up. It's now coming in Saturday night. And uh, and into Sunday morning, which is the day that I was planning on leaving to head up to the Tillamook State Forest Browns Camp Wheeling area. Uh, so I've got um, a couple people that fell out, uh, were not uh, able to to go. I had some other things going on, whatever. Uh, but I did have another person that says I'm absolutely on board. So he's he's got his son in. He's uh, his son is in uh, in town on leave. Uh, he's got a uh, he's got a, a boy who's in the um, in the Marines. Uh, he's uh, in town on leave, so he's going to come up with us. That'll be that'll be real fun. Um, and, uh, I got a couple people, other people up there. So, um, yeah, yeah, it should be a good time. Um, so, so right now it's just two rigs, um, uh, probably going to, uh, head up there to a couple of areas that I know of where there's always off-road traffic and uh, see if I can't tag along with another group up there. We'll just sort of, uh, uh, pop in as their tail gunner or something like that. So, um, that's the plan. I got another much larger run planned for the following weekend, however, I think that's the primary reason everybody's sort of um, ditching out for this weekend is is there's a, a big run planned for next weekend. Um, got a bunch of guys from my old Naxter crew, uh, NAXJA, North American XJ Association. Um, got my uh, my former treasurer um, when uh, the year that I was president uh, that's going to be up there. A um, bunch of people are going to be camping up there. There's probably going to be 20 or 30 Jeeps in the group at the very least. Oh, that's great. Yeah, very, very cool. So um, that's planned for for the weekend of Black Friday. Um, they're going to be up there from Wednesday night through Sunday, actually. They're going to be doing their Thanksgiving up and uh, up in the Tillamook State Forest. Camping in fall in, in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that should be fun. But uh, I'm not going to be doing that. I'll be going up there uh, Saturday morning and joining in. Uh, with the group that's heading out that morning and uh, and yeah, that should be that should be a lot of fun. So yeah, two uh, two I wouldn't say big trips, one one uh, one minor trip and one big trip planned for the next couple of weeks. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. Now I'll just remind you, if you're staying overnight, don't forget your pillow. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to be doing any camping there. I might do some winter camping. There's uh, something coming up in February, the end of January, beginning of February. Uh, that I might uh, join in on, which uh, almost always has snow on the ground for that trip. Uh, so I, I may do some winter camping um, uh, in January. So that'll, but that'll all let you guys know about that when uh, when we get when we get to it. Tammy, did you forget your pillow? Actually, no. I had two <laughs> pillows with me. 
Just rub um, it in. Sure, it is bragging yeah, now. <laughs> I know. So, I, uh, you know, I have so, so many stories to tell you guys. It was no, amazing. Next week. Oh, okay. But I do have, <laughs> you know, I'm really, really touched by um, this guy I went to high school with. So I posted my license plate, my rear license plate, which actually wasn't trail damage from the trip. It had already been jiggling loose because I, I guess that happens on the JKUs. So my rear license plate, you know, we screwed the screw back in. Willie Wagon helped me do that um, at Women's Off-Road. Anyway, I guess it jiggled loose again, and it, I kind of hit some stuff a little bit maybe, and it's kind of just hanging there. So I have I, I got I got one word for you. <laughs> Loctite, yeah, Loctite. Oh yeah, not the glue stuff, Tammy. The the no, other stuff. No, I know not this, not the super glue Loctite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, it's hanging with well, actually Gorilla Tape. So I posted online. Does anybody have any solutions? I want to put it on my spare tire carrier because it does get in the way when you're in like some tight sure. spots yeah. when you're wheeling. And you know, I had somebody said zip tie, somebody said this, and then this guy I went to high school with. Because I also said I need something cheap because I'm pinching my pennies um, because, you know, I lost my job. And so this guy from high school, he's going to buy me um, the Extreme Terrain spare tire carrier. And I was like, and because he said I have inspired him to get back into his auto, um, automotive hobbies, blah, blah, blah. So thank you, Mark, very much. Um <laughs> The blah, blah, blah is what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah, all that stuff that he cares about. Blah, blah, blah. I know. So, <laughs> anyway, that really touched my heart. And the other thing is I, um, I had to do like a 112-point turn to try to get out of a sticky situation. <laughs> and I dented my rear um, panel of my Jeep near the, the taillight. You know, where a lot of people put armor there. Well, I should have put armor there. Well, now you can. And you can cover up so, the damage, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, I have to actually, I'm going to have the paints peeling off of it. So, that is not oh, good. Oh, it's time to get a new Jeep. Yes. And that means possibility no. of a red one. So, no, there you go. No, Maybe I could, I could spray paint it red there just for you, Tony. But I'll Thank cover you. it up with, oh. I'll cover it up with the. Well, the, it'll be our little secret um, and we'll know. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, she could always, so, uh, you know, em employ, uh, you know, some of the products from our uh, our guest from our last episode, uh, Paul Fernandez, who is the general manager at Automotive Touch-Up Paint, automotivetouchup.com. Very, very true. Yeah. Okay. I'll check them out. Um, but I know everybody wants to know what happened. I will share the stories next week. And you can also go on my blog, jeepmama.com. Next Facebook. week. You can go there next week. You have to wait. Yes. Well, actually, my blog... <laughs> My blog just no reading ahead. <laughs> day one or the first four days, which you guys already know about because I've shared it. So I've just been so busy. I haven't, you know, I wanted to enjoy the trip. What do you mean busy? You don't have a job. I know. <laughs> well, you've been, you've been sleeping. <laughs> I, yes. Yeah, sleep, sleeping in an actual I'm, bed. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm selling stuff, trying to get money. So. <laughs> It's eBay and Facebook Marketplace. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Josh, about the, the paint thing. I was trying to remember uh, to put that in the show so I could announce to everybody that we have not gotten our ninth caller yet. No way. Yeah. So if, if you guys were uh, interested in the automotive touch-up paint giveaway that we talked about on the last episode and you thought, 
you know, I listened to the, the thing a week after it was published. It's already been it given away. It doesn't have to be for your Jeep, people. No. It could be for the wife's daily driver, oh, grandma's this, station wagon. I it think, don't matter. I think free sells itself. I just think people have, oh, have, have thought that, you know, surely we've had that number of callers. Everybody thinks that. and It's like asking a supermodel out. She's, well, it, she stays at home on the weekend because nobody asks her out. Because Same there's those here. times where we get, you know, we get the, oh, the yeah. ninth caller in 37 seconds. And yeah. there's times where it takes us nine days to get nine callers. So, yeah, it's it, it, it can go either way. That's, you know, why you got to call in right away. This is a, a great way to try out uh, what I think is a great product from a great company. And it won't cost you a thing except for calling in. So, Go back, listen to the last episode, and get the phrase that needs this. But I'm oh, I not Val. I can't do it. I'm disqualified. No, you're disqualified. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it's some pricey stuff too. If you listen to the yeah, last episode, no, you know how like much paint, good paint. Yeah, yeah, how much yeah. good paint costs. So go back, listen to the last episode, get the phrase that pays, and call in. We we have a couple of more uh, calls that have to be made. It's not two. I'm just I'm not telling you exactly. Uh, we have a few more calls that have to be made before we get a winner. So we'd like to announce a winner next week. So, call, you know, call in. All right. Since I've interrupted anyway, I'll just go ahead with my stuff. Uh, I uh, And this may not be interesting to some of you guys. It's kind of like me. I don't know. And- I'm jealous as all hell <laughs> and thoroughly impressed. For one, this might be like uh, the RC cars for me, you know, where people point, uh, have these, you know, fifteen hundred dollar Jeeps no, that are toys. Beyond, this is beyond you know, an RC. Car. So, this, so this, I, this I certainly so understand more a wet dream than an RC car ever so could be. I understand you if you go, oh my god, you know, more drone talk. But uh, I've been wanting to get a a drone. Actually, I built one a few years back that uh, just the parts were two hundred dollars. So when the the nice. Mavic. Yeah, when the Mavic Mini uh, drone uh, came out for three ninety nine, and with all the capabilities that this thing had, I thought, well, you know, I want to give it a try. It's it's small. No, no, no. The the amount of features that are packed into that damn thing, I I, I couldn't. <laughs> it's believe, amazing. Yeah, couldn't believe that you got what you got for how much you paid. Well, and, and you've seen the results. I don't know, uh, Tammy, if you if you saw <laughs> oh, the yeah. video or not that uh, that I shot from it. It literally looks it's like there's a platform. Geographic. I mean, it's it, <laughs> it's retarded how crystal clear and and just stable, stable and smooth. That's what blew me away is how right. stable it was. There were times where I thought, oh, oh, it, it's it's uh, it's uh, he's got to take that back. It's messing up. It's it's glitched out. Yeah. Uh, it's it's videos paused. But then I see like a bird fly in the background or something like that. No way. The thing is hovering at a hundred feet. And it, it looks it like there's a platform mo- up the there. It's like it's sitting within on like a quarter inch. It's ridiculous. Oh. Yeah, it's just, it's three hundred bucks. I mean, four hundred bucks. They aren't going to be able to keep these things on the shelves, especially right before Christmas. Uh, I I've done some uh, some flying around. I actually got brave and and flew about three houses down uh, the other day. And doesn't it have like a two mile range though. Uh, two point five miles is what they what they two claim. And a half miles, miles. But you're supposed to now, be able I to keep this when within you went visual. Like two houses down with the with a remote control car, and and you lose you lose uh, radio c- uh, connection with it. Yeah. Two and a half miles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so this thing is uh, you're supposed to only fly the drone as far as you can see it, and since this drone is smaller Uh-oh. smaller than an iPhone. You don't have to go very far. About 100 feet. Yeah. yeah, you don't go very far for you can't see the thing. And the, the cool thing about it is, is that it has a lot of the DJI technology built into it, which one of them is return to home. So if you do lose signal, it's going to return back to where it, it took off from. 
And get this, you can set the height at which it returns. So you can also set the height that you uh, want it to fly coming back. So if everything in your area is, say, you know, like trees or 75 feet or something like that, you can set it for 100, 150. So if it is below that altitude, whenever you tell it to return to home or it loses its signal, uh, it will rise straight up to that minimum level, fly back to the home uh, area that it marked via GPS, and hover at whatever height that you had it set for. So then you can land it straight, you know, bring it so straight you, down. You set that when you're like at the beach, you set it for like three feet. <laughs> you know, it's when it returns home, you're just taking out kneecaps the whole way. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. You know, it's interesting because it has, uh, it, the only sensor this one has, uh, that isn't having the collision avoidance that the $1,500 uh, DJI Oh, the better. Uh, yeah. But this one has, it, it watches the ground. So whatever it is that you're getting close to, you can only get about three feet away from it and it stops. Even if you're trying to make it go lower, it just comes to a dead stop. Oh, so even if you wanted to, you couldn't turn this thing into a missile. <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> never say that if you know electronics. If there's a will, there's but a the, way. <laughs> but the cool thing is it just sits there and hovers. And then if you continue to, to tell it to go down, then it lands and shuts itself off. Oh, wow. So it, it is amazing that, technology. The only downside to it was I got this thing in, uh, you know, through Amazon quick shipping and it sat for several days because I had to buy another fricking phone because the DJI fly app that is only, uh, used by the Mavic, uh, uh, mini, uh, would not load on my older phone. So I had to buy a new phone. So I had to, to spend another $300 just to get a phone to, to fly this thing. And I could have probably, probably got a cheaper phone, but I went ahead and, you know, if I'm getting a phone, I might as well get a, a, a good upgrade for it. So uh, it was kind of pricey from that standpoint, but I'm hoping to use it in some Jeep off-road videos. Not promising anything. Are you going to keep it kind of safe and clean, or are you going to get it off-road and, and, and do some follow-me stuff uh, with it on, on the trail? Unfortunately, this one does not have follow me built into it, but oh, I can I can I manually no I can manually follow things, uh, but the the more expensive drone would be, would be required for that. Yeah. But, but the there's no sense in spending fifteen hundred dollars for a drone if you don't use the four hundred dollar one. So we'll see if I use the four hundred dollar one, and then we'll see what $1, happens. Fifteen hundred dollars for a drone? Oh, they go up there even oh, higher than that. Way higher than oh, that. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. But but just keep in mind that the this for four hundred bucks, you can just well imagine what the the really expensive ones are, are doing. But well, you, I'm gonna but point you really laugh it. when it goes on a Black Friday sale for fifty percent off. I'm all I'm saying. You know that might happen next year. I don't see it happening this year though. But it, if it does, I really highly recommend anybody that's interested in a drone or even just being able to think of it this way. With this little drone, within uh, maybe two minutes, you have the ability to look at things from a perspective that you were never able to do so before. I mean, not even in the airplane would you be able to have the perspective yeah, with someone like this flying really low or really right. high. I mean, you now, literally, not legally, but you literally could fly this drone at two and a half miles. You could go straight up two and a half miles. Now, Tony, I, I, speaking of legally, uh, out here in the Northwest, there's a bunch of freaking drone uh, pilots and stuff. And oh, we've got imagine. a very major airport here, the PDX, it's international hub. And, uh, and so they're with, with Portland, the Portland metro area, I mean, right around the airport and Vancouver, literally right across the airport, uh, right across the river from that. 
Um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, legally flying drones and whether or not you need like an FCC license and, you know, all this other stuff. Where does this fall into, into that sort of stuff? If a Jeeper wants to use this just for Jeep videos, is, is he going to have to go out and get a special license in order to operate his, his flying camera? You, if you were using it commercially, you have to pass the FAA, uh, part 107, uh, test. Uh, and learn all those rules and all, all the things that you have to do. Uh, if you are flying it as a hobbyist, there's like four or five fairly simple rules that you can follow. Um, but the interesting thing about this drone is it is uh, one either one ounce or one gram uh, shy of the the weight that is required requires you to register it with the FAA. So oh. so this drone is considered a toy. Because it's 249 grams. If, wow. it was, if it was 250, then it wouldn't be considered a toy and you'd have to register it. So uh, it's not, you, I'm still bound by the rules, but I don't have to register this drone. Uh, I, I can fly it as a hobbyist. Oh, and if you're wondering, well, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, would that be considered uh, a commercial thing? If you're charging people for, you know, if you're monetizing your YouTube channel, then yes, you would be. Uh, flying the drone commercially so uh and and, <laughs> and one of the things i heard was how are they going to check it how are they going to verify it yeah, really right. really the only thing you have to worry about is people turning you in uh and, and, and people don't like drones uh so you know you may get turned in but if it's a tiny little drone like mine uh it's, it's less likely to be seen yeah right and just be is, is it loud not all, no well uh both my daughters said it was louder than what they thought it was going to be but once you get it up to about uh, 75 feet or something can't even hear it huh? you, you're not i mean even the flying outside you're not hearing this drone inside the house you'd have to physically be outside and relatively near to be able to hear this thing but i'll hmm. tell you what it's so stable watching it fly it's kind of freaky looking it it, it you know, you see alien the, technology. You've people. seen the UFO type things. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. It, alien technology. If it did, if it didn't dip well, forward or side, whenever you're going forward, side, backwards, it would be really freaky. If it just sat there still and moved side to side and forward and back. Oh, I just found out, Josh. <laughs> I was watching a video about the the software that runs on the phone, the DJI uh, uh, Fly app. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know this, but uh, it has uh, three modes for flying. And uh, I've only fl flown in one mode. I haven't flown in sport mode, which is supposed to be faster than the, the other ones. And, of course, cinematic is, a, is supposed to be a more smooth uh, thing. Uh, the, the, the drone doesn't, have as, uh, doesn't move around as quickly, so you get a more uh, smooth cin cinematic uh, type thing. But anyway, enough, uh, enough of the drone talk. Hey, you should join us on the uh, Campfireside Chat. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us. Hey Jeeper, Mitch here. Today is the 22nd of November 2019 and it's time for your weekend going topless Jeep weather report. As we're going into Thanksgiving in the US, I figure we can do a little historical tour to go topless this weekend in preparation. Hopefully the nipply temps burn calories for you so you'll have more room for food. Starting off, let's go topless in Jamestown, Virginia. Here the first recorded prominent celebration was held in 1610. This weekend would be great for your wet t-shirt contest too. Rainy with 59 on Friday, 50 Saturday, and 55 on Sunday. However, the most famous U.S. Thanksgiving was in Plymouth, Massachusetts in 1621, when the settlers of the Plymouth Plantation celebrated their first successful harvest after a harsh winter killed half their population. Depressing to be sure now, but 
Change that around by going topless here and making people smile. Plymouth will also be rainy with 55 on Friday, 46 for Saturday, and 51 on Sunday. The Continental Congress, the first national proclamation of Thanksgiving in 1777, was made in York, Pennsylvania. So that is where I suggest going topless next. As with the whole east coast of the U.S., it is raining here too. 52 Friday, 47 Saturday, and Sunday. My favorite president of the U.S., Teddy Roosevelt, declared in 1901 Thanksgiving to be a national holiday. This was his first proclamation as president, taking over for President William McKinley when he died from a gunshot to the stomach. In his decree, he said, Be thankful for work. Prove your thankfulness through actions, not words. And stop everything to be thankful. From us at the Jeep Talk Show, Happy Thanksgiving. If you have any suggestions or want to know your local weather in an upcoming episode, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact in order to find all the ways to get a message to me. I'm Mitch, and it's always a great weekend to go topless if you're brave enough. Just go topless responsibly. Now some events around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. Let us know about your event. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and fill out our Wheeling Wear form. Coming up on uh, December 26th through January 1st, a Genrite Christmas to New Year's Week of Wheeling. It's going to be in Johnson Valley, California, you know, where King of the Hammers is. Coming up on December 8th, Roush Creek Off-Road Park, Pine Grove, Pennsylvania. Uh, This is going to be hosted by rc4x4.org. Just go out there and uh, have a great time uh, there on December the 8th at Roush Creek. For more information, more events, and links, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. Well, that's it for the show this week, fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure and spread the word by telling a friend about the Jeep Talk Show or, you know, posting about us on your social media feed. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. And that's when I found out you can actually cook an entire turkey leg on your exhaust manifold. Now, the potato and the tailpipe didn't give me the mashed potatoes I was looking for, but that dip fluid really added a nice touch to the gravy, and you wouldn't believe how much color that Dex Merc 3 adds to cranberry sauce. Mmm-mmm. Podcasting since 2010.